Welcome, everyone, to the Cardio Seeds podcast. I'm Dr. Svetlana Shimon, your host. Today, we will explore the present and future of American healthcare, discussing ways to optimize the system and improve the well-being of medical professionals. So, if you are with us, let's dive right in and begin this exciting journey together. Hello, 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 our dear listeners, and welcome to the Cardio Seeds podcast episode. And today's discussion is about stroke. So I will be answering your questions about stroke. And for that, I had to consult with American Stroke Association, American College of Cardiology, and American Heart Association as well. So I answer your questions properly and truthfully. The first question you asked me was, what is stroke and what causes it? So, according to literature and to science, stroke is a common condition caused by abnormal blood vessels in the brain. So, um, every 40 seconds, someone in the United States has a stroke. So, Unfortunately, stroke kills more than 130,000 Americans each and every year. And what's even more bothersome, that many, many people who survive strokes become temporarily or even permanently disabled. And um, you have to know that there are two major types of stroke. The first are more common, and uh, they are called ischemic strokes. This type of stroke happens when blood flows through artery or arteries in the brain that supplies brain with oxygen becomes uh, impaired or blocked, um, pretty much like um, a heart attack when there is a blockage in the artery supplying uh, your heart muscle with oxygen. The second major type of stroke is called hemorrhagic stroke. In this type of stroke, an artery that supplies brain with, um, with blood, a bust of ruptures in blood, floods the brain tissue with blood. So the leaked blood puts too much pressure on brain itself or on brain cells, which with time damages them. And the rate and the amount of damage of brain cells depends on the amount of blood that leaks into the brain tissue and the rate of the leakage of that blood into the brain tissue. So there are two subtypes of hemorrhagic stroke. Um, one is intracerebral hemorrhage, which occurs when an artery in the brain bursts, flooding the surrounding tissue with blood. And number two is 
so-called subarachnoid hemorrhage, which occurs when there is bleeding in the area between the brain and the tissues that cover the brain. In addition to those two major types of stroke, major types of strokes that were mentioned, um, ischemic and hemorrhagic, there is another type of stroke, which is called a transit ischemic attack, or TIA, also known as a mini-stroke. And you probably heard people suffering of mini-stroke. In this type of stroke, blood flow to the brain is blocked for only a short period of time, usually no more than four to five minutes. This limits the damage that is done to the brain somewhat, but it doesn't mean that brain damage doesn't occur. Ischemic stroke occurs when the arteries that supply oxygen to the brain become either narrowed or blocked, reducing or completely stopping blood flow to the brain. And they, uh, these strokes are frequently caused by either a blood clot or a debris of tissue that is carried by the blood to the brain through the blood vessels. On the other hand, hemorrhagic stroke or bleeding into the brain or between the brain and um, the area, thin uh, tissues that cover the brain, um, can be caused by either uncontrolled high blood pressure, or we call it hypertension, blood thinners, or the drugs that people take to thin their blood, for instance, um, people with atrial fibrillation or artificial um, heart valves, etc., or it can be caused by weak spots in the blood vessels, in blood vessel walls, which we call aneurysms. Um, there are many risk factors for stroke. They include both lifestyle factors, and we will get to that, and some medical conditions, and we will also get to that. So, um, the second question you asked me was, what are stroke symptoms that everybody needs to know? And this is a very, very good question because um, everybody needs to know major symptoms of stroke because, you know, brain tissue preservation or uh, the amount of the loss of brain tissue and the amount of residual damage that is caused by stroke depends on the time between the beginning of the symptoms and the help that we get for stroke symptoms for that patient. So time is of a paramount essence in this, in this case. So, some of the main signs of stroke include speech difficulty or difficulty swallowing or weakness of 
parts of the body like arm weakness or drooping face. It could be also paralysis or even numbness or inability to move parts of the face, arm, or leg, particularly on one side of the body. It could be confusion, including trouble with speaking, headache with vomiting or without vomiting, trouble seeing in one or both eyes, difficulty swallowing, trouble walking or impaired coordination, uh, trouble recognizing familiar people, or something like even metallic taste in mouths, or something like that. And then there was a question, what are risk factors of stroke? And who is more likely to have stroke? What patient population? What kind of people in uh, among us? Well, risk factors of stroke include both, as I said, lifestyle factors and medical conditions. Among well-recognized lifestyle factors are uh, excess weight, poor diet, lack of physical activity, smoking, alcohol consumption, excessive alcohol consumption among the rest, and among some medical conditions would be high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, and among people who are likely to experience stroke first and foremost are people of advanced age, 55 and older, older for sure, have a higher risk of stroke than do young people. If you take race into the equation, African Americans have a higher risk of stroke than do people of other races. Men have a higher risk than women. Women are usually older when they have stroke, and they're more likely to die of stroke than a man, most likely <clears throat> because they always take care of somebody else and don't seek medical attention until it's too late. And perhaps sometimes women live alone, elderly women, and can have a stroke when there is no one around to take care of them. And when they're found with a massive stroke, it could be too late to save them. Sadly enough, right? Um, there was a question, why is it very important to recognize and treat stroke as early as possible? Um, as I said, it's very important to recognize the signs of stroke early because the sooner treatment begins, the smaller the damage to the brain tissue will be. It's very important to dial 911 as soon as you recognize the signs of stroke in yourself or another person. Your doctor will diagnose the stroke based on your signs and symptoms, medical history and physical exam, 
common diagnostic tools for stroke are medical imaging tools like a brain-computer tomography or uh, magnetic resonance imaging or carotid ultrasound. So they may need to scan your brain, your carotids, or maybe even your heart ultrasound. And there are questions, really. What can one do to prevent strokes, right? To prevent strokes. Um, well, we are talking about risk factors for stroke. Um, for instance, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, atrial fibrillation. Um, high blood pressure is the biggest single risk factor for stroke. So high blood pressure can cause blood vessels in your brain to um, restrict and harden, which can lead to a blood clot and can also weaken blood vessels to burst. So taking care of blood pressure, controlling blood pressure uh, proactively, uh, as well as high cholesterol, causing fatty deposits and buildup in and restricting blood flow and causing clots is of paramount priority, right? Diabetes, uh, they damage blood, blood vessels everywhere in the body, including the brain, both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. And it's very important to note that type 2 diabetes can be prevented treated and even reversed through lifestyle changes, including dietary changes. Atrial fibrillation, that condition that disrupts the blood flow in the heart chambers, that leads uh, to small blood clots that can get lodged in the brain vessels, causing disruption of blood flow to the brain tissue and strokes. So that can happen potentially, of course, if atrial fibrillation is not taken care of with blood thinners, for instance. Blood thinners do prevent those clots from forming in the heart in the first place and from traveling to the brain blood vessels, right? Also, also, there is a growing body of evidence linking high level of stress to stroke, as well as other um, coronary disease, um, high blood pressure, etc. So, stress may place extra strain on the heart, resulting in increased blood pressure, blood sugar, and maybe not directly, but indirectly causing uh, increased risk for strokes. Altering your diet is one of the most effective methods of stroke prevention. This not only involves, you know, reducing high-risk foods, but uh, it uh, really involves um, eating nutritious, well-balanced, whole food, predominantly plant-based diet, um, and 
uh, diet high in fiber found in fruits, vegetables, uh, nuts and seeds and beans and legumes. Reducing salt intake um, really reduces long-term hypertension, high blood pressure, and um, reduces um, the control of blood pressure really affects, um, you know, proportionally risk for stroke and limited dietary saturated fat, as we already said lowers chances <clears throat> of cardiovascular disease like stroke. Drinking less alcohol is very important as well. So uh, the stroke prevention um, guidelines said that sensible drinking can benefit health in many ways from, you know, uh, treating anxiety, reducing uh, weight, and reducing risk of stroke. So increased alcohol consumption can even induce atrial fibrillation, irregular heartbeat that can directly produce a clot formation in the heart and directly cause stroke um, while throwing those blood clots into the brain tissue, brain vessels and brain tissue. Losing the weight, reaching and maintaining a healthy weight can also reduce the risk of stroke. Um, being overweight and obese can lead to a multitude of issues to do with your heart. Um, and especially quitting smoking. There is a lot of strong evidence linking smoking uh, to stroke. And smoking is a major cause of cardiovascular disease and a major cause of stroke. And even the secondhand smoke, uh, smoking is harmful and links to strokes. So uh, secondhand smoke causes nearly 34,000 early deaths from coronary heart disease each year in the United States among non-smokers. And each year, secondhand smoke causes more than 8,000 deaths from stroke. So breathing secondhand smoke interferes with normal function of the heart, blood, and, vas and vascular systems in a way that increase your risk of having a heart attack. So even briefly breathing secondhand smoke can damage the lining of blood vessel and cause your blood to become stickier, thick. So these changes can lead to heart attacks and strokes. Of course, regular exercise has a multitude of benefits, including helping reducing cholesterol and blood pressure, which can be a reduction of risk factors for stroke. And of course, one needs to know the numbers. What is the, num the normal number for blood pressure? What is the elevated blood pressure? So the normal blood pressure is 
uh, systolic or the upper number is less than 120 and the, the diastolic or the, no, the uh, second number is less than 80 and elevated is 120 through 129 over more than 80 and high blood pressure starts with 130 to 139 and 80 to 89 and higher and then we are talking about gradations of high blood pressure so these are the numbers you need to know you need to monitor your cholesterol and blood pressure and this why your checkups are important and your annual visits are important stress reduction exercise nutrition smoke cessation treating atrial fibrillation knowing your blood pressure and cholesterol numbers are all important to reduce the chances of this disabling and killing serious disease such as stroke thank you thank you very much for being with us today at this episode of the Cardio Seeds podcast, it was your host, Dr. Svetlana Shamoon, your lifestyle cardiologist and health and wellness coach from the suburbs of Philadelphia. See you next time. Bye-bye.